We want to thank everyone for tuning into the first of these segments here at Hunter's Wholesale. Throughout each episode, we'll be talking with leaders in the outdoor industry to take a closer look into their lives and careers. Along the way, they'll share tips, product reviews, hunting stories, and give us a little deeper look into how and why they do what they do. Today's guest really needs no introduction. He's the 2006 World Duck Calling Champion, producer and co-host of RNTV, and one of the best fellas you could ever hope to share a blind with. If you know duck calling, if you know duck hunting, then you know Jim Ronquist. And after this, you'll know him just a little better. Thanks for tuning in. guys we've got a lot of uh, questions and we've had a lot of interest on the new calls from R&T they've come out with a couple new designs this year and there's really no better uh, person to talk to about it than the producer and co-host of R&TV Jim Ronquist uh, everybody knows Jim um, in the in the in the calling and hunting world and uh, we've got Jim with us today uh, to kind of talk about a few things get to know him a little better and get to know uh, these new calls thanks Jim for joining us we really appreciate it hey you're more welcome buddy happy to be here there's been, you know, a lot of people talking about the new things from R&T. Why don't you run us through just a little bit um, a couple of the new things you guys have got out for 2018? Yeah, a couple of good kind of cool deals. Um, one, I, the first one I'm going to talk about is one I'm very proud of because it's kind of my baby. Uh, we introduced it last year with the first run series, the Mondo LA. Um, and I know a lot of folks are used to the original Mondo and the Mondo LT, and they ask, what is the LA? Well, the LA stands for either Louisiana or Lower Arkansas. The, the tune job, the way it's tuned and the way tone board is designed is, is very similar to the way guys cut their oats back in the day. And it was kind of a common tuning style for pretty much from, relatively speaking, from Stuttgart south into North Louisiana, the Washita River bottoms and um, by Bartholomew and a lot of the way that those hands blew their calls. And it's kind of reminiscent of that. Uh, and it's, it's kind of got a harsh 45 on the front and the reed stick. Doesn't look like it even blowed a lot of folks, but um, that's a really cool little call we got. I'm just sitting here tuning a bunch of them as we speak. Um, it's also going to be offered, as last year, if you remember, we offered the Mondos in a regular length barrel and a short barrel. So this year you'll have the Mondo LA and the LAS. Um, the LA, um, it's a great little call. You know, it's got that loud, full-body Mondo rattle, uh, really loose on the bottom. You can do anything you want with it. It kind of fits right between the LT and the regular. Um, along with that, that's the regular length barrel. We also got the LAS. Now, everybody asks, you know, what's the deal with short barrel? What's the difference between the calls? <clears throat> Actually, the end pieces are the same. That being said, you tend to tune them just a little differently uh, for the shorter barrel. The shorter barrel, the air gets to the reed quicker. Um, it, in effect, even takes more of the back pressure away. Not a lot of back pressure on this style of call anyway. So as you get shorter to it, there's less back pressure there. So the call is less forgiving. A lot of people think the shorter barrel makes them easier. 
it might make them a little easier to start to read, but it makes you have to be on top of your game a little more, if that makes any sense to you. Um, they will keep you honest. Um, they're a little more responsive. Not that you can tell a lot of difference, but naturally the, the air is getting there quicker. Um, and if you, if you was to do a comparison, and I set one up for a regular length barrel and then took that insert out and put it in a short barrel, it would feel somewhat harder to blow. So you wind up having to cut that reed just a touch shorter. But the, here's an LAS right here. It's a really neat little call. Um, I think people are, I think people are gonna like it. So there's the there's the Mondo LA series for you. Um, let's move on from there for a new one for this year. Um, one Johnny come up with is another fun call to blow. That, that's almost 180 from a Mondo. We're calling it the Mezzo. The Mezzo is as we come to find out. The, the name kind of comes from. I understand opera singers, um, and, it, and it stands for medium. So it's a medium volume call. It, it's probably laying somewhere between a daisy cutter and original or a short barrel and original. Um, lots of back pressure and just a great medium volume call with some range to it. <laughs> Kind of switching gears here. Take us a little bit through how you got started as a duck hunter and a duck caller and uh, kind of the evolution that you've taken from when you got started. Because we get a lot of folks that talk, you know, they say, well, I don't know if I can blow that call or, or I can't make those sounds. And, uh, and I'm sure you couldn't always either. But take us a little bit through um, when you got started hunting and as a caller up through the world championship. That's a great question. It'd be a cool, cool thing to do, really. Um, I was fortunate to grow up in a hunting family. Um, although my dad worked for a large construction company at the time, we, we moved around a lot. You get transferred from job to job. But my dad come from a hunting, hunting background. He was uh, from the Missouri Ozarks, believe it or not. Um, a little town called Cuba, Missouri. Uh, my grandfather on his side, him trained bird dogs for folks. They trained bird dogs for some, uh, uh, as dad tells the stories, going back to some of the old St. Louis Browns baseball players. Uh, showing our age there a little, I reckon, but um, he talks, tells, tells stories about people, uh, I can remember hearing talking about Buddy Jim Bottomley and coming to go bird hunting with my grandpa and my dad and have bird dogs trained. And, um, just all kinds of stories. So hunting was a big thing. We From there, we moved from there to, uh, to far western Kentucky when I was... Um, Gosh, how old was I? I was in grade school, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, somewhere in there. And of course, you know the big, right below the confluence of the Mississippi, uh, the Ohio and the Mississippi, and guys that Dad worked with, the big duck hunters. And Dad always told stories of back when he was a kid. They they slide down into into this part of the world, North Arkansas, duck hunting some. You know, even way back when. So um, I always heard about it. And of course, uh, there was goose hunting and 
and duck hunting and, and just fell in love with river got out hunting in the woods in that part of the world. Um, gosh, and it just kind of stayed with it my whole life. When we, again, we got to hunt and fish a ton. Um, I remember Christmas all the time. We would have our family Christmas get together on Christmas Eve and we'd all get up and go hunting on Christmas morning and then come back and go bird hunting Christmas afternoon. Um, so that was kind of my life growing up and I enjoyed the outdoors and Corb wound up working construction. I ain't gonna bore you with all the little details. Uh, got to the point where I was pro staffing for different companies um, and thought, man, I'd, I'd kind of like to make a living doing that. And had a construction accident that kind of forced my hand. Said, look, you're going to, you need to change occupations. Um, so I just kind of dove in and wound up right here. And of course, calling was always a big part of it with ducks and turkeys and geese. And I always like that communication thing. You know, I, I don't know if you, if you go back to call it like Dr. Doolittle of communicating with all the little animals or not, but it was always fun to me to see ducks respond to a call or have a turkey respond to a call um, that, that you're responding at their level. Um, and I always thought that was interesting and and I was fortunate to be around a lot of really good callers that, that taught me or I was able to listen to and, and more than anything I was around a couple of people that said you know if you really want to learn how to call something you need to go learn you need to go listen to them. Um, and that's kind of led me to it and then I got to meet Butch and was messing with some contests before meeting Butch and had had some county fair wins and whatnot that um, Butch kind of coming to the world championship before meeting Butch or meeting Butch then and coming and watching the world uh, one year I said man I, I kind of want to go do that one thing led to another and um, followed it worked at it finally won a world championship and even before that though I, more importantly I was making a living in the outdoor industry, industry working for Rich and Tone, running a guide business, um, and the rest of it is, here I am. There's the short story. Man, that's uh, that's pretty cool. You've seen a lot of different parts. I know you were a guide for for a long time and, and did well with that, too. I uh, I think when a lot of people look at you, Jim, uh, obviously um, you're the face of RNTV, but, um, and people associate with the calls and the world championship and all that, but but take me through, because when people really think about cut down duck calls, um, you know, the people in this, you know, younger folks, uh, you know, maybe not not some of the older guys, but younger folks, they're associating more than ever, um, they're associating the Mondo with cut down duck calls. Now, you guys have the Mondo, obviously you have a lot of variations, and a lot of your new stuff has been predicated off the success of the Mondo. So, you know, take us through a little bit of what is the Mondo, just the original Mondo, the DC Mondo. Take us a little bit through what makes that special and, and what makes that so deadly in a hunting situation and, and why you think it's been so popular. Yes, sir. Uh, I'll make a stab at it. Well, the Mondo's roots, the Mondo's DNA goes back to uh, a modified D2O, keyhole D2O. Um, when you start going back in the annals of duck hunting history in the lower Mississippi flyway from, I'm gonna say from Southeast Missouri, Southern Illinois, um, even up the Illinois River, from there down through uh, all of East Arkansas and North Louisiana um, in West Mississippi, across Mississippi River. Um, pretty much where 
all over the country, but it, it, from what I've studied, it, it kind of goes back to the areas where there were large tracts of bottomland hardwood timber. And it, it probably also goes back to the times that when you look at the duck hunting history in the uh, MAV, Mississippi Alluvial Valley, compared to the Atlantic Flyway and Chesapeake Bay around Maryland, when you look at the histories there, our history is pretty young, very young compared to theirs. This is pretty much all post-World War II. Um, now, that being said, there are some really good stories of people in the early 1900s, you know, getting on boats and coming to this part of the world on houseboats and taking long extended hunting trips. And of course, the St. Francis River bottoms in far southeastern Missouri right there, um, the St. Francis Sunken Lands, what is now known as, as Big Lake uh, WMA, and, Mingo and all that part of the world. That that history is even older than, than this part of the world. But you take from the early 1900s, then right after World War II and things started coming back, there were custom call makers coming, but a lot of guys that hands, people that were duck callers, what they could afford was a PSO. And different people at that time, they would, they'd get one out of the box and they'd blow on it and it wasn't just right. And, Duck hunters are kind of notoriously pretty in, 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 ingenious. So they'd look at it and they'd probably look at a tone board and they'd go, man, what happens if I file on this here, sand on that a little bit, if it'll change the way it blows? I want to be able to blow it harder. I want to be able to blow it easier. Like nowadays, different people pick up a duck call and they'll want it to be cleaner, raspier, deeper, higher pitched, whatever it may be. And they'll adjust the call to make, to make that happen. So that kind of started way back in modifying the oats. Well, then kind of got to find out that in big tracts of woods, the, the, the short bore um, created a wide sound. And guys realized that there was a lot of success with it. So there's a few old hands kind of kept that alive as some of the other call makers come around. And nothing against them. Man, there's a lot of great call makers in this part of the world come, come around and and people would use those calls because they were overall easier to blow. Um, what what nowadays people call a J-frame, even though they're all J-frames, but what people now call a J-frame has a shorter read and a longer bore versus an old cut-down style call um, uses a shorter bore and a longer read. So th there's some dynamics there that change. With that all being said, there's a lot of guys who are using the newer calls. And of course, Chick had a whole lot to do with it. <clears throat> even going back to the early contest days. But there was a few people felt they had better success with the old sound in the woods versus the other sound. And, and But it kind of faded away. And it got to the point probably through the 70s, 80s, into the early 90s before the current uptick in the popularity of duck hunting um, there was just a handful of folks that were really blowing um, a cut down call, a modified oat call, whether it be a new style oat or the keyhole oat. There was, you know, figuratively, figuratively speaking, a handful of people. Well, then as the internet age come around and more back when we could all still guide on state and federal ground, and people started seeing this and that, uh, but they started getting excited about it. And I think this gener younger generation of duck hunters that connect back to those guys who were um, the Lester Caps and the different ones who were who were kind of 
kept it as a small niche, then everybody started talking about it and it spread. And of course, the internet age and uh, easier to communicate worldwide or nationwide, and it, it just kind of grew from there. And, um, different people made different ones and different versions. And of course, the old company went out of business and you were not able to get those anymore. Um, so people were making pretty good money either modifying people's olds or kind of trying to come up with a new call that provided those same sounds. And that's kind of where we led to with the Mondo. Um, I remember back several years ago, we were doing a pro staff hunt and we had water in the bottoms and this and that. And I'd get to blow them old every now and then. And in the early days of TV and videos, every now and then I'd forget it was around my neck or I'd be blowing it. And get, we'd have to edit it out or whatever. Um, and there's some days, you know, I'd blow my daisy cutter. It just depends on which one was which. Which day, some days one, ducks would like one over the other. Um, but when we'd been taking these different pro staff guys hunting, we had, and they kept asking Johnny about it. And Johnny come to me one day and said, Man, if you wasn't a good friend of mine and I knew them calls didn't mean so much to you, I'd take a hammer and bust it in a thousand pieces. And I said, well, heck, let's build one. And we did, you know, eventually. And that led into the Mondo. So I based the, Mondo, the original Mondo, um, regular Mondo, off of an old that I had worked on uh, with a fellow by the name of Bill Bracewell. And then I worked on some others, and that then I kind of made some other changes, and then that became the uh, regular Mondo, and then from there, here we are to the Mondo LA. Um, and got some more, maybe come, got another, maybe coming next year. You guys have kind of made it um, to where there's enough styles, you can kind of pick the one that fits you best, and uh, which one, the sound you like best, and things like that. I I get a lot of questions, Jimbo, about, uh, you know, guys asking, they've blown a J-frame, a traditional J-frame, or what we view as a J-frame forever, and and they say, man, we, we got the Mondo and we, we picked the Mondo up from you and we just we just can't we can't figure it out. You know, it just doesn't blow like our regular J-Frame does. Now, I, I've blown a Mondo for several years and and uh, and I learned a lot just by hunting with you and watching what, what you're doing. I didn't have a problem making the sound, but but the cadence and, and the things that you do, I, I've picked up on. But but for a guy that's just trying to figure out how to make it sound and how to how to present the air in a Mondo versus a J-Frame. What's a quick tip um, for some guys listening that might be struggling with that? You bet. That's a great question. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I tend to think I blow them all the same now, but, you, you know, you blow calls all the time, so you, you, you adjust. But one of the things that I tell guys when they come in here and they want to learn to blow them, they want to buy a Mondo, any of them, um, they'll pick it up and they'll blow it. They'll pinch their, pinch their throat together and they'll close their teeth, you know, and they'll really lay into it and they won't get much out of it. The best thing I can tell you to do is they'll feel hard blowing to you, but go the other way. Go easy. Relax. Let your jaw relax. Let the air relax. And think of the word hot. Um, <clears throat> and let the air come out like that. So you think of the word hot, and you kind of drop your jaw like you're saying, <sighs> like, like you're literally fogging the mirror. <sighs> you know, like you're trying to, <sighs> all right? So think of that word hot. And just, as you put the call up to your lips, try to whistle the word hot. You can't do it. You can kind of hear how that air is coming. So then I'm going to put the comment. This is a LAS. Um, so I'm going to hold it up here and, and just think of the word. 
So that's just, all that is is the word hot. So I'm going to do it again. So that's how I steal the word hot. So once you get where you can do that, then try to do and say three alike and just do into the call. You know, you're not really making a rhythm there, but you're just starting to string the notes together. And then do it again. Add two more to it. And, and that's nothing. Now we're going to put that in a little bit of a string. And all I'm going to say is hot, 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 hot. So each one gets a fuzz shorter. I tried to stay the same level of volume there, but I shortened each note. And then as you start learning to... Um, cut the length of each note, you'll also learn to take a little pressure off, so. And that's all there is to it, man. Man, I appreciate that. And that makes, you know, it's sometimes when people get a new call, they're, they're a little bit overwhelmed with it. I mean, we've all been there. And, uh, and so that's a great, you know, that's a great tip from, uh, from one of the best, uh, the best at, uh, being able to, to blow it. So I think that'll be helpful for a lot of guys. Uh, I think, uh, one other question I've got, Jim, uh, Give me a little rundown, um, maybe about what are you excited about this year coming up on RNTV? Man, thanks. We got some we got some pretty neat shows coming up this year. Um, <clears throat> Stahl had some really cool stuff. He's got some fantastic hunts from up in North Dakota and around the country. Uh, a couple of mine. I, we had a couple good trips. Uh, had a fun hunt in North Missouri this past year. Of course, that's one of our staples. You know, that's. We're going to go make a hunt with Ira and our, you and our buddies in North Missouri every year as long as we can. Um, every year it's a little different. It's a little something different, but just good folks and good people. But uh, one of the hunts up there with Ira is pretty neat. There's a great calling segment in one of them. And it's going to be the lead-off show this year. Um, we were hunting, but I don't think you were there that afternoon, but it was it was Ira, um, Ryan Basson with Sitka, um, Joe Gensel with Wildfowl Magazine, myself, and we had Jake LaTondras and Blake Fisher on cameras. And, um, we were hunting at LG there. It was, wasn't real good. Ducks were a little stale. But we had this one bunch of ducks late, late that afternoon, and I think we were fixing to leave. And we, somebody said, give it five more minutes. Um, so we, you know, you know what that turns into. Here come a little old bunch of ducks, and this is, this is pretty cool. I kept blowing at them and they'd kind of work and Ira and I were going back and forth and you think you had them and you let off and you think and then they'd, then they'd slide again. But there's no hen kept answering back, kept answering back and, and we just kept messing with her. Finally, I, I noticed a couple of times I'd hit feed call a little bit and they'd turn into that. But I let up, they'd slide. So I thought, man, it's getting late in the afternoon. It's, what have we got to lose here? So I started hammering the feed and they slid right around and fell in. We, we shot pretty good and got a couple other nice bunches in that day. Just a cool, cool hunt. It's nothing, um, it's nothing fabulous. It's nothing you're going to go, oh my gosh, that's the biggest bunch of ducks ever. No, but it's real duck hunting and it was a successful hunt with good friends in a cool part of the world. Um, one of the, the, some of the others we had this past year out on, uh, in western Nebraska. Um, neat, neat, neat country out there to hunt. Um, Oklahoma um, got some just all around pretty good year what I what I don't have because it was so dry this past year I don't have any big hunt hunts from the woods here at home um, 
but I may have something in the can we may come up with uh, for the second half of the season. Uh, something I will point, something I will point out since you brought it up. What we do, and a lot of people ask about this. RNTV airs in broadcast quarters three and four. So once we start off, what we're going to do, we're going to run seven episodes. Then those seven episodes will rerun, and then when quarter four starts, we'll have six brand new episodes that those then those shows will rerun. So that's how we'll finish up our year. We'll have new programming in both quarters three and four, and it gives us an opportunity to kind of build some cool stuff for that second half. Oh, absolutely, and that, and I think that's something you know that that if you if you've ever put a TV show together, that's uh, you know by doing it that way you do give yourself a little bit of flexibility to maybe kind of add something to it as you go along, which is, uh, which is tough to do and, uh, and something that you don't see very often. So I'm, I'm excited about that myself. Yeah. I, and you know, we've been doing that the past several years and it just works really good for us. It gives you a little cushion on edit time. Um, you know, you get these first seven done and you got a little cushion to redo them six and you get yourself caught up and you know how it is. You've been there and know how them schedules get. Sure, and I tell you what, I, I uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the uh, the, uh, the the video from Sumner because uh, I just I know um, whenever Ira gets going, I've hunted with you guys enough before. Obviously, uh, whenever Ira gets going, he's never short on volume or uh, or um, ability there. And uh, when you get going on that feeder call, that it sounds like a machine gun at times. It's, I'm I'm in awe of that every time I hear it. If you guys haven't heard it, uh, if you've watched the show, you have, but. The, the way he can get going on the volume and the, and the sound of that feeder calls is really something unbelievable. I don't know, Jim. I think you have maybe have lungs of steel, but, uh, but you, two work, uh, you two work well together in tandem on the call, as much as I hate to admit it uh, for Ira. But um, you, guys, uh, you guys sound really good. So I, I look forward to I love listening to you guys call back and forth because you can tell you've hunted together quite a bit, and uh, you kind of you work as a team, which is, uh, which is uh, about as real – as you can sound, um, you know, compared to live ducks. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Obviously, um, all the episodes, but uh, but RNTV is is one of my favorite shows, and so I kind of wanted to touch on that because I know you guys put a lot into it, and it definitely shows you and Blake and 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 Stall and all the guys. So uh, man, I tell you what, I'm I'm looking forward to another good year. Thank you, partner. We we appreciate everybody watching and um, feedback, man. Hey, if you you know if you got thoughts, ideas. The good, the bad, the ugly. Man, I got wide shoulders. I, I can handle it. We like we like to hear the feedback, and we know we can always learn to do better. Um, that's the biggest thing I've learned about outdoor TV is uh, you're constantly learning. Understand that uh, that that goes with a lot, uh, Jim. The way we're going to end this, if it's cool with you, I'm going to toss just a couple quick hitters at you. Um, I don't think you'll have any problem answering them, but we'll just uh, give me a, a real short answer, and we'll move on to the next one. I'll give you a couple here. You ready? Go. Tell me uh, what dog you're running right now, Jim. Charlie. White River Witchy Woman. Female dog named Charlie. Where uh, Where's she out of? Man, Charlie, Charlie's time been blessed. Yo, uh, the good Lord has blessed me with three duck dogs of a lifetime. Old Katie um, from the early videos, whined all the time, but she was mad at him. Brother Tank, the most professional dog I've ever hunted over, and now wild child Charlie. Um, Charlie come from a... Uh, she, she was bred from a kennel by a vet up in Chicago by Dr. David All. She's out of a field champion dog named Rock River Benjamin and a female that got washed for broke a knee or something, but she was qualified all age. Um, she's trained uh, by Tyson Patterson at Shot Retrievers in Covington, Tennessee. She just recently passed the Spring Grand 
and I think she needs one more pass to finish her master pass. She's three years old and is absolutely mad at him. She is, she, she's, her biggest fault is she's too mad at him at times. She gets a little too, too high, but she's a very nice young dog and I, the good Lord's blessed me to have her. I, I tell you what, I love hunting with Charlie. She's uh, she's got so much drive, and, and my little dog does too. And I, I I see a lot of her and Charlie. And I don't know Tyson, but I, I will say that a uh, little plug for Sure Shot Retrievers. Like I said, I don't know Tyson, but um, he does a hell of a job um, because he's done a great job with her. I mean, she's uh, she's done great, and she's gotten better every year. Yeah, that's a testament to you hunting her too. But she, she's good. Well, and that, I just want to say that you've got to hunt over her since she was of her puppy season. You know, before she's a year old. So now, when you, she, she's, I don't know, I don't keep track of how many ducks she's picked up, but she's picked up several. Um, and coming into this duck season, that hunting experience along with more advanced training, and she's starting to put that all together. Um, I look forward to this duck season. If you got one hunt tomorrow, it's going to be a burner hunt. Where do you want to take it in at? You're hunting tomorrow. Where would it be? Uh, describe the setting. It's no doubt. Um, I don't want to give away any 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 areas, but it's no doubt hunting in uh, one of our river bottoms with, with in late December with good water, bright sunshine, and a southwest wind. That sounds like you might have done that once or twice. Uh, all right, Jim. What is? Tell me what's on your lanyard when you're headed to the field. What's going to be on your lanyard this year? Uh, two mondos. Um, don't know if it'll probably be one of my probably a regular mondo and and i switch them up all the time because i'm always tinkering but probably be a, a regular mondo and a modified la uh all right jim so here's the next one it's not duck season all the time it can't be we wish it could but if you're not going to be in the woods chasing ducks uh, what do you look forward to the rest of the year? Being in the woods, chasing long beards, spraying turkeys. That is my other passion in life. Um, um, I love the turkey hunt. I think almost as much as I like the duck hunt. You know, it used to be in the early days of RNTV, um, we run we run 52 weeks a year. We run quarters one, two, three, and four. So it gave me an opportunity after duck season, I could get in the truck by myself and go travel around. I'd video turkey hunts. That was kind of my first step in the outdoor industry as a pro staff guy. I was uh, on the pro staff for Primos as a turkey guy um, way back in the day. So when RNTV started doing 52 weeks of television, I had to get in the butt and go get material. You know, you had to go get footage. So um, it's hard to get 26, duck hunts in the course of the year that will make the tv show so you we go get turkey hunts and man i love doing that um but now that we're not doing that now that's not part of my vocation i tell people and i kind of borrowed this from a tom kelly book but uh duck hunting is my vocation turkey hunting is my avocation right now i do get to duck hunt more than get turkey hunt just because of because of because of my job but that's okay i get to spend enough time i get to spend some time in the woods in the spring it's all good bro Absolutely. Well, Jim, I tell you what, I really appreciate it. I know um, I know that our customers and the people that are uh, following along will appreciate the tips that you've given us, and we also appreciate uh, kind of a look into uh, an inside look at a couple of new things that R&T have coming out. Um, we sure have enjoyed talking to you. I have, as always. And just give us, uh, in closing, where can – we've talked about R&TV. Where can we watch you in quarters three and four um, 
kind of give me a little bit of a, of a rundown of where we can catch RNTV. You bet. RNTV will be coming up season 13, believe it or not. We'll be beginning air um, the first week of July. Um, we wear three times a week. Our anchor time will be Saturday. What is that first Saturday in July? Um, our anchor time will be whatever day that is um, at three o'clock Eastern. And then we'll have two airs during the week. We'll have an overnight that will be probably one, two, three, four o'clock in the morning. And then we'll have a more weekday morning slot that will probably be seven, eight, nine, ten o'clock in the morning. But they've not given us those times yet. Um, but we will start then. Remember, the first week of July, and we'll air seven weeks, be a new show every week for seven weeks. Then those seven shows will re air. And then when we pick back up in Q quarter four, we'll have six new shows. Those six new shows will air, and those six will re air. If you can't catch us on the Sportsman channel, you can also go to MOTV.com, get signed up there. You won't be able to watch this year's shows, but you'll be able to get caught up all the way through last year. So you can go to MOTV and check out all of our past episodes and get caught up to the present day time and then um, check us out on the Sportsman channel every week on Saturday afternoon. Well, perfect, Jim. Um, R&T and, uh, has been great for Hunter's Wholesale, and we sure, uh, we sure value our, our partnership. And so we will definitely um, keep people updated and abreast of uh, when, when those times are get finaled out, finalized out and, uh, and kind of a reminder of when the show starts. I know we're all looking forward to it. Um, I definitely appreciate your time, Jim. I look forward to hunting with you again this fall. And uh, like I said, really appreciate it. Likewise, buddy. Same to you. We appreciate you. Once again, guys, we want to thank you for tuning into this episode. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. Be on the lookout for the next one. You never know who we might be talking to. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website at www.huntersholesale.net.